to unitedinstitute.org podcast where we feature successful professionals and scholars. Welcome to the unitedinstitute.org world podcast. Once again, this is Jeffrey Nutt, and with me today is Sadir Farjo and our special guest, Lisa Harper. Sadir? Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Lisa Harper. I grew up in the Detroit area. I am a pastor's wife of 30 years and have uh, loved all of those years together and a mother of four. I did my high school work at Southfield Christian, an outstanding exemplary Christian school uh, in the Detroit area as well. And then I went on to Oral Roberts University and earned my elementary education degree with a minor in German and then uh, got a master's in reading from Eastern Michigan University. After that, I've had the opportunity to tutor, tutor 40 kids one-on-one -on -one and uh, also teach school a bit in between there. And I've also had opportunities to teach gymnastics and piano as well. Uh, in addition, in 2003, I founded Marathon Mission, and hopefully I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about that exciting nonprofit and I'm really delighted to be an author of the exciting book living and loving the marathon of life so that's a little bit about me well Lisa yeah tell us is, is marathon mission currently what you uh, do I am the CEO of marathon mission and actually in life uh, I wear many hats but marathon mission is one of my joys it's a premier faith and community-based nonprofit umbrella uh, organization where people walk or jog various distances to raise support for missionaries, food banks, orphanages, and the like. So we've been in the running since 2003, and that's very exciting to me. I also really enjoy being a pastor's wife at Clare Assembly of God in Clare, Michigan. And we have the opportunity to rub shoulders with all types of people and uh, just really help folks to reach their potential. So we love our community and um, just thankful to be a part of what uh, is happening in our midst. Well, what got you started with, I mean, how did you start Marathon Mission? What got you started with all this, uh, um, like you said, in 2003? So it's been, uh, what, 13 years right now, right? Right, right. So actually... Uh, every year since then, I've run a marathon or two, but uh, in 2002, actually, I decided um, with six days' notice that I wanted to run the Detroit Free Press Marathon, and I had run that marathon, which is always 26.2 miles, that's the distance of a marathon, back in 1985, and actually, I was fifth among all the ladies in the wow. Detroit Free Press Marathon back then, but they were just getting started, and and probably the uh, competition wasn't quite quite as steep as it is now. But it was still a special special occasion. So I did that in 1985, and then I took a 17 year break from running long distances, and had four children in there, and decided um, in 2002 that I wanted to run the marathon again. But I felt like I I didn't know if I'd ever run a marathon again because that first one was pretty fast for me. It was a 309. So anyone who's into running, that was about a seven-minute 
10 second pace for 26 and someone was someone was pacing you who was very special uh, to you at that time yes my That's husband who wasn't my husband quite yet scott harper was running that uh, 1985 marathon with me and uh, i don't think i would have done it without him or could have done it without him so i'm indebted to mr scott harper that was and very exciting so 2002 <laughs> i ran the detroit free press marathon with six days notice and i just decided yeah i want to i want to do this again and my kids said um mommy what's a marathon and i explained it to them and they said are you going to win and i said you know i feel like a winner for trying i said i might have to walk and i might have to stop but that's okay because I'm going to do my very best. And up until that time in that 17-year break, I hadn't really run anything more than seven miles at one time. So there's a big jump between 7 and 26, and it's not usually recommended to do that. But anyway, with six days' notice, I decided I was going to run that Detroit Free Press Marathon in 2002, and I was able to run to about 21 miles without stopping. Wow. And I felt... I felt like, wow, this is something pretty special. And, you know, sometimes people are, are disappointed if they have to walk in a marathon. But at that point, I just felt really grateful to God that he gave me the strength and the stamina and the perseverance to do that. So I was able to walk and jog to the end of that marathon in 2002. And when I crossed the finish line, I felt like, wow, I've, I think I have um, an extraordinary amount of endurance. And I felt like it was a this must be for a reason beyond me. And at that moment, uh, I really believe that God put in my heart, hey, Lisa, you can run a marathon. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. And you can run a, mar a marathon to raise funds for missionaries. And I thought, yes, because at that time, our church couldn't continue to add more missionaries to our monthly support, but I really wanted to help them. So I thought, what can I do? And that's when Marathon Mission was birthed. I thought, you know, I can run a marathon and raise support for missionaries. So that was our first, mar first Marathon Mission. It was just me way back when. And when I crossed the finish line, my husband said, uh, hey, Lisa, maybe this could be an annual event. And I kind of laughed a little bit, and I didn't really think that that would catch fire, but on the contrary, more and more people wanted to walk or jog various distances uh, to raise support for a variety of worthy faith and community-based causes, and that's how Marathon Mission began. Well, Jeffrey, I think you're one of the people that actually, uh, didn't you do some of the walking for, uh, during the, oh. uh, for the Marathon yes, Mission? Yes, indeed, I've, I've done the 5K. Uh, almost uh gosh 11 years now uh while um, others are doing marathon uh activity i'm doing the 5k in in the typical free press uh, marathon weekend activities and that's been a fun and a joyful thing for me and i am a little jealous because the marathoners they get to also run over to canada and back through the world's only underwater mile for a marathon uh through the detroit windsor tunnel and across on the bridge and so forth. So it's, it's exciting to be a part of it all. Yes. Let me mention, too, if anybody wants to run or walk in the Detroit Free Press Marathon with us, with Marathon Mission, they can go to DetroitMarathon.com 
And there's a bunch of charities listed there. And uh, if they find Marathon Mission as one of the charity partners, they can register to run or walk with us, and and uh, we'd love to connect with them. So that's a possibility. What are some of the missionaries that you support? Yes, we've got. We have uh, Hillcrest Orphanage. We have. And what do Speed they do? Speed the Light. Speed the Light helps provide transportation for missionaries in this country and abroad. Uh, there are numerous opportunities to help. Um, we like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There is Obadiah Ministries, uh, Joy of Jesus. Even Neighborhood Legal Services. Neighborhood Legal Services, Wayne County Neighborhood Legal Services, and uh, various churches. Uh, Hillcrest Orphanage, I mentioned that. If people go to our website, marathonmission.net, they will actually see about 70 different reasons, over 70 different reasons why people have walked or jogged since Marathon Mission first began. And something that sets Marathon Mission apart is that we do not take any funds that are raised. 100% of what people raise goes directly to that nonprofit. Uh, it does not come through Marathon Mission. So, however, Marathon Mission also needs to raise funds. So, some folks like myself continue to walk or jog to raise support for Marathon Mission so that indeed 100% of what the other walkers and runners raise can go right to those compassionate causes. And that's very exciting. Wow. So, I mean, that seems like, uh, in itself, it seems like a full-time job, but, uh, but you said you have authored a book, uh, you have four uh, children. Um, what, what consumes, um, the, the rest of your time and being a yes, pastor's well, wife, that's almost like a full-time job in itself. It is, it is, but you know, I enjoy, I enjoy leading and I enjoy serving the greatest leader is a servant of all. So, um, my husband joked last week that I'm getting my MT degree, he called it. And he calls that uh, Mother Teresa degree. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, fortunately, and I think in life, it do, we don't always have to have um, famous titles. You know, uh, the things that we do in secret, um, someday we'll be rewarded. And, and those are often the most meaningful. So. I'm comfortable being in front of large crowds and also doing things one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I've spoken at women's retreats. We just had a retreat in the mid-Michigan area. I also lead uh, women's Bible studies, and I've also taught piano, uh, piano lessons in our Claire community, as well as gymnastics, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, I also help with some of our worship at our church, Claire Assembly of God. And I like to fill in wherever I'm needed there as well. And one of my greatest joys was also writing the book, Living and Loving the Marathon of Life, that was published in 2009. And what was the book about? Yeah, that book is about uh, the eight stages in the marathon of life. And I talk about how life's like a marathon. And on the back of the book, I mentioned this. It says, discover life the way it should be powered by such love, faith, and joy that it envelops even those around you. In Living and Loving, uh, myself as the author, attempt to come alongside and share mile after mile of inspiring 
quotes and stories and uh, encouraging thoughts and and uh, just uh, ways to kind of celebrate life. And some of those stages in life and stages in the marathon are inspiration. Stage two is preparation. Stage three is perspiration. Stage four is initiation. Stage five is continuation. Stage six is obstruction. Stage seven is anticipation. And stage eight is celebration. So at the beginning of each of these stages, uh, I mention a story that relates to running. And then after that, there are four other thoughts or themes or stories in that stage that relate to all different walks of life. And you've had people from all different age groups participate with you in your service through Marathon Mission, haven't yes, you? Yes, we have. The youngest has been, I believe, four years of age, and the oldest has been 81 or 82. And they've so won their have, age group sometimes? Sometimes, yes. In fact, my dear mother, Donna Jean Cummings, won her age group, and she was probably in her upper 70s or maybe even 80 at the time. So, And she walked the 5K. So uh, we're really proud of everyone's efforts, and we want to use our strength for a reason beyond ourselves. And I would challenge your listeners to what, whatever they're good at. You know, sometimes we don't recognize our gifts because they just come naturally to us. But everyone is precious and gifted by God and created in His image, I believe, and has great, uh, great things to offer those that they come in contact Lisa, where can we find your book? Well, you can go to marathonmission.net. You can also go to livingandloving.com. You can also email me at lisa at marathonmission.net, and I'll get you set up if anyone's interested in ordering a book. You know, okay. I have a great quote from the book that I'd like to share with you, if I may. Absolutely. Is that all right? Excellent. This is uh, from a chapter called Flipping the Switch. And this is in the section, the uh, chapter of initiation. And it says, of all the exceptional runners of antiquity, our favorite is the Olympian-turned-missionary Eric Little. The Oscar-winning movie Chariots of Fire depicts Little's famous post-race address to a rain-soaked crowd. And this is what he said. You came to see a race today, to see someone win. It happened to be me. But I want you to do more than just watch a race. I want you to take part in it. I want to compare faith to running in a race. It's hard. It requires concentration of will, energy of soul. You experience elation when the winner breaks the tape especially if you've got a bet on it. But how long does that last? You go home, maybe your dinner's burnt, maybe you haven't got a job. So who am I to say, believe, have faith in the face of life's realities? I would like to give you something more permanent, but I can only point the way. I have no formula for winning the race. Everyone runs in her own way or his own way, 
And where does the power come from to see the race to its end? From within. Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. If with all your hearts you truly seek me, you shall ever surely find me. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. Eric Little. Well, Isn't that inspiring? <laughs> very yeah. inspiring, very inspiring. And it, I'm so proud that Lisa Marie is my sister. And I'm so happy and honored that she can be with us on this wonderful podcast today. And she has has enabled her, her gifts and talents and abilities and skills to transcend many different lives, uh, including, and she's very modest, but one of, actually several of her kids have, have competed at the college level as runners, and one in high school was the 15th fastest freshman girl in the entire United States a year or so ago. And, um, and, and maybe wow. they get that as well from their, their father, Scott, who, who, who is, was a two-time All-American so, as a runner. So it's just ingrained in, in, the, in the lifeblood of the Harper family. It's really yeah. exciting to see. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We want to go to a quick commercial break and then come back and ask you, what, what would you consider to be your greatest success? Do you love your lawyer? Jeffrey G. Knott & Associates PLLC uses the law to help businesses and individuals throughout the world. Visit jnottlaw.com or call 248-220-1501. UnitedInstitute.org is pleased to offer a series of self-paced online courses and simulations that help professionals become effective, productive, and creative. Visit UnitedInstitute.org. We are here with Lisa Harper and uh, Jeffrey. Lisa, what would you consider to be your greatest success? You know, I would say my children, and I say that humbly, but I can't think of anything more uh, exciting than pouring our heart and our lives into our kids so that they in turn can reach and multiply and really make a difference for good and for God. Uh, being a parent is very humbling and we certainly don't have all the answers, but I thank God honestly that my kids, Autumn, Jonathan, Victoria, and Jasmine, they do love God with all their heart and they love people. And to me, that's, that's the greatest success in life. And uh, what I, I I believe I heard uh, Jeffrey once uh, say that uh, that you homeschooled them, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, we did. And homeschooling is not for everyone. And we did not do it out of fear or ignorance. But since my background is in education, and I did tutor forty students one on one out of our home mm -hmm. when our own children were young, some of our kids asked, "Mommy, would you tutor me?" So that's how the homeschooling opportunity started for us. And we did that for at least 10 years. And hopefully that laid a good foundation. And then our children went into uh, Christian school, some of them, public school, all of them. 
and many of them serving in student council and very active in band and sports and drama. And really, as a family, we uh, get great joy out of contributing to the betterment and the wellness of our community as a whole. So we, we love our Claire community very much. Now, what would you, uh, like, with uh, today's culture, uh, it seems like, uh, especially seems like you're, you know, rooted in, uh, of course, the faith. Um, would you would you recommend homeschooling to other parents um, just by, you know, I guess, looking around, observing today's uh, culture and what's, you know, surrounding us as, uh, as at the time of the uh, recording of this uh Obviously, there's, you know, gender identity issues uh, throughout the schools. Uh, would you, do you see a more of a trend in uh, people of faith choosing homeschool? Choosing you know, I, I, that's a great question. And I would not be surprised at all if homeschooling continues to expand, especially with the uh, morality issues that, frankly, are going to pop, you know, going down the tube, so to speak. However, I think each family really needs to say a prayer and ask God what God's will is for each family and each child. And this is what we have done, too. You know, some of us might say, I'm not sending my kid there because of the, the um, compromise in standards and so forth. And we are almost done with our kids in high school, mm -hmm. so that's not really an issue for us. But I would not say that everybody should homeschool uh, because I think there really needs to be the right match with the kids and the parents' abilities. But I would say, no matter where kids go to school, that the Word of God really needs to be the foundation for all of our families. And if they homeschool or if they don't, uh, having devotional times together as a family and praying for each other and uh, looking to the Word of God as our standard, uh, that really is the foundation for our lives. And I think that will help kids to be successful in whatever they do. That's one of the biggest things, the biggest um, blessings and opportunities we have as parents is to expose our kids to the Word of God and believe it and live it out. So homeschooling's awesome. We really enjoyed it. My kids would say, most of them, that uh, they think it was a great foundation, especially in the early years. But I think that each family needs to um, really pray about it. And no matter where we are, we are still called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So uh, homeschooling doesn't solve all the problems, and we don't want to hide, you know, from um, our society. Um, we can be bold, be strong, be courageous, be compassionate, and be uh, led by God's word in whatever we do. Okay. Well, we, you know, we talked about, you know, I guess your, your greatest success, but can you tell us a time of your life where, I guess, uh, what was your most challenging, like professional or academic experience, and uh, what did you learn from it? Sure. You know, I would say uh, on a... And take us like to, you know, one of the most difficult moments of your life. Oh, yeah, I've got that. Okay, well, that 
that might not be professional or academic, but it's personal and it, it applies to everything. Um, I've actually had five miscarriages, and so I have been pregnant nine times, and I think this fall I hope to run my 19th full marathon, and I think it's a miracle that I can do that. I thank God for life, and I had three miscarriages before our first daughter was born, and those were um, this extremely difficult. The first miscarriage, I was surprised, and the second one, I was kind of angry, not at God, but like, why is this happening? Why are teenage girls getting pregnant they don't even want to? And here's a lady, a pastor's wife, who has a lot of love in my heart, and it's not happening. Um, but, I, but I still trusted God. And uh, then the third miscarriage, I was saddened, just deeply saddened. Then we had three children. That's Autumn, Jonathan, and Victoria. And after that, I felt in my heart that we weren't done. I just felt like I don't, I don't think our Harper family is done. And my husband, Scott Harper, has always been so supportive. But we had two more miscarriages. And on my ninth pregnancy, my husband said, Elise, this one's going to happen. This is going to happen. And I decided in my heart that even though I'm a very positive person on that ninth pregnancy, I thought this is the end of of my fertility journey. I really wanted it to end with a pregnancy, but if it didn't, I, I felt in my heart, I, I cannot bear any more death inside my body, just to put it bluntly. And um, But thank God, pregnancy number nine, our Jasmine Rose Harper was born. And at the end, she's the exclamation on our Harper sentence, and we said, it is finished. So, um, you know, somewhere in there, too, I read the book of Job, and my good husband said, Lisa, are you sure you should do that, you know, because it talks a lot about suffering. And I said, yes, I can, and I want to, and I can't wait to get to chapters 38 to 41, where it talks about the sovereignty of God. And God is speaking to Job out of a whirlwind, a storm, and he says to Job, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? And that was good for me to read, believe it or not, because it kind of put me in my place, and, and it reminded me that God is a good God. He's a gracious God. He's all-knowing, and it just caused me to trust him more. So uh, my greatest challenge, I'd say, was having those miscarriages, but I, I thank God for life, and every life is a gift from God. The unborn life, um, those that have uh, disabilities and challenges, whatever the uh, appropriate term is to call that. And uh, even those who are very old, I've had the opportunity to work as a nursing assistant, assistant as a, at um, a hospice for two summers in college. And I really enjoyed that because it was an opportunity to show value and respect to people even as they age and even as they're dying. I do believe that every life is a gift from God, and one of my passions is uh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Wow, uh, that's uh, me. That's really oh, it's it's definitely powerful. It's uh, so I guess what you kind of learned from it was uh, 
so almost you know like god be god uh yeah in a and way also, like you um, know what we're not going to understand everything uh you know and like you were asking you know i'm a pastor's wife why why has you know these you know there's so many that you know would you you know a lot of people would terminate their pregnancy uh you know a lot right. of teenagers and thus forth and uh why were you like not able to bring one you know to yes. you know to uh for to birth but uh so, and it was you kind of got the same similar response when you know to job correct yes and you know when people are going through hard times i think it's important for us to be really careful what we say to others who are suffering we are not god we don't know why it's okay if we don't have answers we're not always the ones to give solutions you know it, we in our human minds we want answers and we want to um, tell people what to do and how to do it and what to try and um, i had somebody tell me that um, maybe it was the water i was drinking that was causing the miscarriages and you know god bless them they just didn't know but um, we just need to be really careful and really encouraging of others and somebody said um, the greatness of the victory is often determined by the greatness of the struggle and um, even with the merit uh, the miscarriages and the marathons for me there's some similarities some overlapping themes and uh, when I was running that marathon in 2002 after a 17-year break I thought to myself I can do this because I had all those miscarriages. Lisa, you can do this. You can do this. And then as I continued to have children, I thought, Lisa, you can do this because you ran all those marathons. So <laughs> kind of goes back and forth. But, um, you know, life is worth celebrating, and we all have so much to truly be thankful for. Jeffrey, would you like to add anything? Well, I would just say that Lisa, in her life and service to others, is truly an inspiration to many people, not just even exclusively in this country, but even the Marathon Mission uh, partners have had an impact in other countries. And the message of enduring and running the race with endurance, the race of life, the marathon of life, is something that can resonate with everyone on a certain level because it takes tenacity, it takes focus, it takes determination to truly achieve our potential in life and to realize our dreams. And that's what Lisa is, is teaching us more and more to do so we really deeply appreciate that Lise. thank you what is your current greatest challenge well i think i'm adjusting to my children becoming adults and spreading their wings but that's normal and that's the challenge is also very so your exciting. previous challenge was almost similar to your uh, current uh, challenge in a way yes, involving children I, I'd say so. You know, and an, there was another little um, challenge I had in writing the book, and this might encourage some of your listeners if they have a goal in mind. Um, I remember when I was in the midst of writing the book, I had lunch with 
an acquaintance, didn't know her very well. She was a life coach, and I told her my goals and when I wanted the book to be done and uh, that I was planning on being diligent to continue to write and get it done within a few months. And this gal was surprised, and she said, Oh, Lisa, are you sure you can do that? And, you know, I thought to myself, this lovely lady who I'm sitting across from, this lovely life coach, just really doesn't know me. <laughs> because uh, never say never, you know. And uh, so, th you know, that could have been a little bit of a discouragement. But sure, when a, when a life coach that, tells you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt like it was a role reversal. And I felt right. like maybe, I think... I did have someone who is a life coach finish reading my book last month, and she said that the book, Living and Loving the Marathon of Life, is, uh, what would you say, it's like a guideline for, um, for life coaching. It's a, it's a blue, blueprint. So that's kind of neat. Um, but, you know, we encounter challenges along the way. But I do believe that there's joy in the journey. And even running in the marathon, not only do I want to get to the finish line, but I want to look around and I want to soak it in. And I want to be thankful for the people around me and, um, you know, just really value life and value all that's good. And I think that that relates to our lives, too. We can look around us rather than just wanting everything to be done and to go on to the next thing. There is truly joy in the journey, and uh, God does use the ups and the downs in our lives to develop our character and develop us into the, uh, the people that he wants us to be. He's given us purpose in life, and that excites me. And even as a student, you had a great deal of, of purpose and uh, self-sustaining motivation. You, you, you finished your, your graduate degree with with was it was it perfect grades it was a 4.0 but i don't really <laughs> tell too many people only my brother jeffrey does that <laughs> but uh, you know um the there's a, a a proverb that says the wise in heart will make learning a joy and i'd like to thank my teachers for you know for the most part making learning a joy and I want to continue to do that for others as well. So I'm grateful. I love to learn. And, um, you know, life is full of, of learning. So those are wonderful opportunities there before us. Lisa, what is one thing that you are most passionate about right now? You know, I'm passionate. I need to say two things. Okay. I want to, I, I want to love God and I want to love people. And if, if those things were written on my epitaph, I'd be honored. If it said, how, I guess, how, what, in what way, uh, I, obviously that's, I guess, could you be kind of specific in, in a sense of what? Oh, what? sure. Sure I can. Um, but those are the over, overriding themes, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I love my church and family and our community. We live in Clare, Michigan. Our church is Clare Assembly of God. And our passion is really to, um, to reach out to others and to help us to become uh, better people and to equip others to do what God has called them to do. So I tell our family even, um, 
you know, we happen to be a pastor's family, but and I happen to be a pastor's wife, but I do the things I do because I love God and because I'm grateful to him and I he is worthy of my praise and it's not because I'm a pastor's wife. So I guess I'm always really, really passionate about uh, my church, Claire Assembly of God, and what he's doing in and through us. And our family is a part of that too. So I'm excited about that. And of course, I'm also excited about Marathon Mission as well. Okay. Uh, can you uh, recommend a book uh, to our listeners? Yes, I have a few if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Uh, the, the first book I'd love to recommend is the one that I wrote, Living and Loving the Marathon of Life. And you could get that at marathonmission.net. Marathonmission.net or email. Email me, lisa, at marathonmission.net. And there's also a website, themarathonoflife.com. I love that book. Uh, Another book I really like is The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. That's a bestseller. And a third one that uh, is more recent with me is called Power Thoughts by Joyce Meyer. And we did this, we went over this with some of our ladies in our community, but it really relates to everyone. And here are some of the power thoughts, if I could quickly just uh, capsulize and share them with you. Is that all right with you folks? Mm-hmm. Sure. Power thought one, and these are all based on uh, the, the word of God, and it's for everyone. I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ. Number two, God loves me unconditionally. Number three, I will not live in fear. Number four, I am difficult to offend and quick to forgive. Number five, I love people and I enjoy helping them. Six, I trust God completely. There is no need to worry. Seven, I am content and emotionally stable. Eight, God meets all my needs abundantly. Nine, I pursue peace with God, myself, and others. Ten, I live in the present and enjoy each moment. Eleven, I am disciplined and self-controlled. And 12, I put God first in my life. Aren't those awesome power thoughts? Definitely. Fabulous. So I'm excited about uh, these books and, and others, and I encourage our, our listeners to continue to read often. Well, I, 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 most of my reading is done in the car, actually, lately. Uh, I do uh, books on tape. <laughs> Great. Um, Audiobooks. Audiobooks, correct. Yes, uh, lots of audiobooks. It just uh, we we spend so much in uh, so much time in our car nowadays that it's uh, it's makes uh, you'll be surprised how many books uh, you could go through in a week. Yes, that's that's um, a wonderful idea. Great way to be efficient. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although it might be a little distracting to some people. <laughs> Uh, can you do, you, do you use any electronic resource? Uh, for example, uh, I use Evernote. Um, I use, uh, uh, for website creation, I use Rapid Weaver, depending on, I'm huge into yeah. uh, almost all the right. cl cloud sharing uh, uh, yes. sites. Do you, you have an electronic resource that you'd like to recommend? 
that you, you would use yeah. or that you do use? Uh, we've been happy with our Wix.com for our websites. That's been helpful. Something on a personal note in terms of websites that have been a blessing to me, I like BibleGateway.com, and that relates to your audiobook because what I do is I frequently on my runs, I listen to the Bible on my phone using Bible Gateway, and that's awesome. So I've been able to uh, really be blessed and inspired and challenged as I run uh, with BibleGateway.com. I love that. And also there's um, MarathonMission.net. I do think if your, your listeners take a look, they'll be really inspired there. And I also am encouraged by Focus on the Family. Dot com. They help families thrive, and in this season of moral relativism, or you know, people question uh, what's true and what's right. There is an absolute truth, and I'm thankful for Focus on the Family, who has a uh, a kind and gentle but straightforward and helpful way of helping families thrive. So. Those are the, some of the websites that I would recommend. Oh, well, yeah, I, I haven't even heard of the website actually before. Uh, I also before like the Heritage Foundation. I need to sneak that in there. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm looking at their website right now. Actually, it looks uh, the focus on the family one. Uh, looks uh, looks uh, really well done. And it looks uh, here we have, oh, they even have audio broadcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, uh, Jeffrey, would you like to uh, ask a question or add anything? Well, I just, I just wanted to say thank you, Lisa, for taking time out of your busy schedule. And we hope and trust that one day you'll also write a book on how to raise successful children. <laughs> because <laughs> yours are always achieving and surpassing previous levels of of achievement uh, in their own lives and I hear about them and and it's great. Well thank you, thank you for this opportunity to share and uh, to God be the glory you know if, if you were to say that about my kids they would not think that so I guess um, that's why I think they're successful because they're humble about it and they don't really know uh, but um, but you know, God is good, and any way that we can continue to be a blessing to others, we certainly want to do that. And I encourage your listeners to look at what's in their hand and what's in their heart and their mind, and set some realistic goals, make them measurable, help them to be attainable, uh, try and have a support system and others to help hold them accountable, uh, accountable, um, and keep dreaming big dreams. Because, um, you know, truly with God, all things are possible. And I love to say this when I uh, give announcements at my church and they all respond. I say, God is good. And they say, all, all the, the time. time. And then I say, and all the time. And they say, God is good. That's it. <laughs> so I can't think of a, a better way to end this uh, special broadcast. And uh, thank you both so much for the opportunity to share with you and your listeners. And um, if anyone has any thoughts or feedback or would like to email me, I'd love to uh, continue the conversation. Lisa at MarathonMission.net. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you.